Hello again, everyone. We're back. This is John Martinoni, and the program you're listening to is Balaam's Ride, the Edge of Catholic Radio. And on today's program, what I want to talk about is Genesis and evolution. What do Catholics believe? You know, a lot of things out there about uh, creationism, intelligent design, evolution. Does evolution preclude a belief in uh, the authenticity of Genesis? If you believe in Genesis, does that preclude a belief in evolution? And so forth and so on. If that topic is interesting to you, and I certainly hope it is, and you want to be a part of the program today with a question or comment, you can call in at 205-714-7014. Let me give you that number again, 205-714-7014. Or shoot me an email, john at biblechristiansociety.com. john at Bible christiansociety.com and in the subject line put in the name of the program Balaam's Ride or, or just put uh, radio show or something along those lines and again we're going to be talking about Genesis and evolution what do Catholics believe and this basically has grown out of a, a talk that I've recently given which will hopefully be available very soon on the website biblechristiansociety.com where you can get uh, any number of free apologetics CDs, MP3 downloads, and and, and other uh, apologetics resources. And uh, so if you like the program today and you want more of this, uh, again, be looking out for this talk. It's called uh, Genesis and Evolution, What Do Catholics Believe? And grew out of a, a, a paper that I wrote for my apologetics class that I'm taking at Holy Apostles College online. Holy Apostles being up in Connecticut, me being down in Alabama, so uh, the internet is uh, uh, acting as a, a conduit for me to be able to take these courses, so that's one good thing for the internet, one good use. So I'm taking an apologetics course online, and uh, you know, so for all of you budding apologists out there, the education never stops. So... Genesis and evolution, what do Catholics believe? Well, basically, there are four possible beliefs that I can come up with regarding Genesis and evolution. Catholics are actually allowed to believe three of them. Let me give you the four possible positions one can take in regard to Genesis and evolution. They are, and I'll explain each one of these as we go through it, young earth creationism, Old Earth Creationism, and Theistic Evolution. And then the fourth one uh, being, those are the three Catholics can believe in, the fourth one being Atheistic Evolution. So again, you have Young Earth and Old Earth Creationism, and then you have Theistic and Atheistic Evolution. But before I get into those, I want to make sure I give you uh, the foundation from which Catholic belief uh, on which Catholic belief is found is is built. What does the Church teach in regard to Genesis and creation? Uh, and we're talking here the first three chapters of Genesis, primarily chapters one and two, a little bit from chapter three. There are nine things 
that Catholics have to believe regarding Genesis, the, the creation accounts, essentially. Those nine things, and you can find them all in the catechism in various places, but uh, they were put out there as a whole by the Pontifical Biblical Commission of, uh, I think it was June 1909. But again, even though some people might say, oh, 1909, that's pre-Vatican II, John. Well, again, all of these can be found in the catechism. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. The nine things Catholics must believe about the first three chapters of Genesis. Number one, the creation of all things out of nothing by God at the beginning of time, including time. Number two, the special creation of man. Number three, the creation of woman from man. Number four, that all of humanity is descended from an original pair of human beings, the ones we call Adam and Eve. Number five, Adam and Eve were created in an original state of holiness, justice, and immortality. Number six, a divine command was laid upon man to prove his obedience to God. You know, God said, do not eat of the fruit of this particular tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, was it really not eating a fruit from a particular tree, or or was that simply a metaphor for, for something? Don't know for sure, but we do know God said, don't do something. Number seven, the transgression of that divine command by Adam and Eve at the instigation of Satan. Number eight, the loss of the state of holiness, justice, and immortality of our first parents because of this sin. And then number nine, the promise of a future redeemer, a savior, which we find in Genesis 3.15, the proto-evangelium, the first good news. So, Those nine things, again, taken from a statement from the Pontifical Biblical Commission of June 1909, those are the nine things Catholics have to believe in regard to Genesis, chapters 1, 2, and 3, uh, the the creation accounts. So, and then I can give you, uh, again, all of these can be found in in the Catechism, and I've got paragraphs of the Catechism that relate to each of these teachings, and if you get the the talk online when we get up on there, hopefully within a couple of weeks, or so, hopefully by the first of the year, uh, it's going through the editing process right now. You'll be able to get all of these um, uh, catechism paragraphs that are referenced or, or tied to the references from of these nine teachings of the church. So let's take the uh, those possible positions that I mentioned earlier, the four possible positions, and talk about those in relation to Catholics and Genesis and evolution and creationism. First one, young earth creationism. The belief that the creation account in Genesis is to be taken exactly as it is written in the pages of the Bible. God created everything out of nothing in six 24-hour days. Adam and Eve were the first human beings, with Eve being created from Adam, and all of humanity is descended from them. In addition... We're to take the, the words of the genealogy of Adam, which we find in Genesis chapter 5, and the genealogy of Shem, which we find in chapter 11 of Genesis, exactly as they're written. And when you add up the, the years of the lives of Seth and Enoch and Methuselah, Arpachshad, Eber, Nahor, and, and all the others from Adam down to Abraham... And then you add in the amount of time from Abraham to now, which is about 4,000 years. You get a calculation by young earth creationists 
that the earth and, and essentially all of the universe is about six or 7,000 years old, thus the term young earth. They do not believe the earth is billions of years old, nor they, do they believe in interspecies or macroevolution, you know, that, that man descended from ape or from an ape-like creature uh, and, and that the mammals uh, descended from the reptiles, the reptiles from the amphibians, amphibians from fish and so forth. So they don't believe in that. And they do not believe, again, that the earth is billions of years old and so on. Those are the general beliefs of the young earthers. There are, however, some problems with young earth creationism. And the first problem uh, might surprise you, but it's actually a biblical problem. If you take the words of Genesis chapter 1 simply at face value, that there is no deeper meaning here that the author was trying to convey, then it seems logical to take the words of Genesis chapter 2 in the same way, right? But that presents a problem because in Genesis 1, you've got a creation account. And in Genesis 2, you have another creation account. And they're not exactly the same. <clears throat> For example, well, in, in Genesis 1, the order of creation, beginning in verse 11, is first plants, then animals, then Adam and Eve. But in Genesis 2, the order of creation, beginning in verse 5, is first Adam. Adam came first. Then you have the plants, then the animals, and then after the an all the other animals are created, then you have the creation of Eve from the rib of Adam. Now again, it, was it actually a rib taken from Adam, or is that simply a metaphor for whatever the process was, we don't know, but uh, as the church teaches, Eve in some way, shape, or form came from Adam. So, but the problem is, you've got a different order of creation in Genesis 1 than you do in Genesis 2. Also in Genesis 2, or, or, or Genesis 1, you have another problem for young earthers. We have morning and evening <clears throat> beginning with day one, when God creates the light and separates the light from darkness. You know, then it says evening and morning, first day. Well, how do you have morning? We well, have morning when the earth rotates in such a way. Some people would say when the sun comes up. But that's actually imprecise language. You have morning when the earth rotates in such a way that the part of it that you are living on is exposed to the sun. That's what we call the morning. The problem is, though, is you have evening and morning the first day, evening and morning the second day, evening and morning the third day, but God doesn't create the sun until the fourth day. So how do you have morning and evening for three days before the sun is created? How do you have morning and evening without the sun? So there are some biblical problems for young earth creationism. There are also some very obvious scientific problems. The prevailing views in astronomy, physics, biology, chemistry, paleontology, and pretty much every other scientific discipline you can think of tells us that the earth and the universe are billions of years old. Now, 
This isn't to say that young earthers dismiss science outright as if religion simply trumps science and no no discussion to the contrary is necessary. Not at all. You see, young earthers simply believe the science that that says the universe is about 13 billion years old and that the earth is about 4 or 5 billion years old. They believe that the assumptions that go into that science are fundamentally flawed, that the methodology of this science is flawed. And they have what seems to be, at least at first glance, rational arguments about the science, and they offer this the evidence to back up their points of view. And the problem for me is, and I think for a lot of people, is that these arguments in relation to science that the young earthers offer are often so uh, so esoteric. I mean, they're they're just you know highfalutin as far as this science science novice is concerned. That it's 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 difficult for the layperson to understand. For example, they give reasons for why they believe the carbon-14 dating techniques are inherently flawed, why geological dating methods are, are flawed. Uh, and there, there's, they give arguments about why the properties of there's some radiation field encircling the sun. And they give arguments that supposedly prove, according to the properties of this radiation field, that the solar system is only a few thousand years old. And they give arguments why they say, well, the Hubble telescope, you know, scientists, astronomers tell us the Hubble telescope is picking up light and, and uh, radio waves or radio uh, radiation waves or whatever from stars that are millions of light years away. And uh, the folks say, no, this is why those stars really aren't millions of light years away. This is the problem with the science behind that, etc. Well, unless one is a trained astronomer or a geologist or a mathematician or physicist or chemist or some such thing, you really have no way of knowing if these arguments are valid or not. I mean, if they can't be broken down in such a way that the average layman can understand them and verify them, then they're easily dismissed by the average layman. I mean, the reasoning is that if one has to rely solely on the knowledge of experts – from many different scientific fields in these matters, and that the seemingly vast majority of these experts and scientists, whether they're Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox, Jewish, atheist, etc., if the majority of the scientists in these fields do not give credence to these arguments that are put forth by the young earth creationists, well, then how can the average layperson know otherwise? So it's very easily to, easy to dismiss the arguments of young earthers from the scientific point of view. So, young earthers have a problem with scripture. There are scriptural problems with uh, their belief. And there are apparent scientific problems. Although, again, they have arguments from science, but not being a professional physicist, geologist, chemist, etc., uh, those arguments don't carry a whole lot of weight with with me, anyway. Now, other people may be different, but actually I found with many folks who have encountered the arguments of young earthers, <clears throat> excuse me, that not being able to understand the science or, or basically just having to take their word on the science, uh, it's not something that uh, you know easily convinces one. Okay, so that's young earth creationism. And, and Young Earth creationism is more prevalent among, in, among Protestants, but there are 
a, a decent number of Catholics who are young Earth creationists, and the Earth completely allows them to believe what they believe. The, the church allows young Earth creationism. It allows people to believe that the Earth was created in six 24-hour days and, and so forth and so on. Uh, again, a lot of this is matters for science, and the church deals in theology and morals. So young Earth creationism, while, again, there are some problems, biblical and scientific, with their beliefs, the church allows their beliefs. All right, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to start talking about old earth creationism as we continue this conversation on Genesis and evolution. What do Catholics believe? If you want to be a part of the program, shoot me an email, john at biblechristiansociety.com, john at biblechristiansociety.com, and in the subject line put radio show or Balaam's Ride, something like that, or call us. We'd love to have you uh, on the air with us. Do you believe in evolution? Do you believe in young earth creationism, old earth creationism? What do you believe about this? Give us a call, 205-714-7014, 205-714-7014. This is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride on Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. We'll be back after these messages. If you have a car, truck, or some other vehicle that you don't want anymore, but you still think it's worth something, why not donate it to WQOH, Queen of Heaven Radio. We accept most vehicles from cars to boats to motorcycles and turn the gift into support for all the great Catholic programming you love. And it's a great tax write-off, too. Just log online to queenofheavenradio.com for more details or call 1-866-628-2277. Donate today. This is Father Michael Deering, spiritual director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be questioning their faith. Let's say a prayer to the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by the gift of the same Spirit we may be always truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi folks, Patrick Crabtree here with Crabtree Computer Services in Vestavia. By now you know that we at Crabtree can handle any of your computer and technology needs for a low cost with fast and friendly service. But instead of listening to me, why don't you hear it from our customers? This is Dr. Peter Van Hoy. I'm a plastic surgeon at Premier Plastic Surgery in Birmingham. We've been using Crabtree Computer Services for over eight years for all of our technology needs. They service our PCs, our servers, and our backups. They also manage our website for Google Marketing. Patrick and his staff are knowledgeable, courteous, and fast. I highly recommend Crabtree Computer Services. They've done a terrific job for us. So give Crabtree Computer Services a call for your next computer or technology need at 205-824-7722. That's 205-824-7722. Or come see us on Highway 31 in Vestavia, just across from Mark's Outdoor Sports. We guarantee our work, and we guarantee your satisfaction. 
This holiday season, your one-stop gift and diamond destination is Paul's Diamond Center. Conveniently located in the Colonial Promenade across from Lowe's in Alabaster, Paul's can put a smile under any tree. Paul's Diamonds are purchased in Antwerp, Belgium, the diamond-cutting capital of the world. Paul's has an in-store master jeweler, and by opening a Paul's Charge account, you can receive 18 months same-as-cash financing. Paul's Diamond Center also carries a large selection of the popular Pandora gift line. Stop in today and register for a $1,000 gift certificate from Mark's Outdoor Sports. Paul's Diamond Center, I-65, exit 238, Alabaster Colonial Promenade, across from Lowe's. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and at paulsdiamondcenter.com. Paul's Diamond Center, your one-stop gift and diamond destination. four rosaries and the divine mercy chaplet every hour when he goes to daily mass he arrives before the priest the saints have a statue of him he's the most holy man on the planet i don't normally listen to radio but when i do i listen to balaam's ride on wqoh 1480 a.m stay holy my friend Stay holy, my friend. All right, this is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride radio program, The Edge of Catholic Radio, and we're talking about Genesis and evolution. What do Catholics believe? And I'd be interested, if you're listening, if you want to call in, uh, what do you believe about evolution and Genesis? Again, the number is 205-714-7014, Seven zero one four, or shoot me an email if you don't want to go on the air. John J O H N at Bible Christian Society dot com. John at Bible Christian Society dot com. What do you believe about Genesis and evolution? Did God create the world in six twenty four hour days? Um, was it uh, not six twenty four hour days? Do you believe in evolution? Do you not believe in evolution? What do you believe as a Catholic or, or, or Christian, if you're, if you're not Catholic, listening to the program? What do you believe about Genesis and evolution? I'd love to hear from you. All right, continuing the, the discussion or continuing this uh, on this topic, old earth creationism. Oh, and let me say about young earth creationism and, and the science. Uh, um, I am open to being convinced. Of the, I, I don't believe in young earth creationism. I'll, I'll reveal it right now. I'm an old earth creationist and i'll get into my reasons why here as we go through this this uh, topic but i don't believe in young earth creationism but i am open to being convinced otherwise i the church hasn't decided on the matter so i haven't decided on the matter necessarily i mean in in finality uh, i don't say definitively no god did not create in six 24-hour days i don't do that uh, not my place to say something like that. So I'm open to the possibility that it was indeed six 24-hour days and that the earth is indeed only six or 7,000 years old, but I'm not convinced of it, <clears throat> but I'm open to being convinced. Old earth creationism, 
What's going on here? Old Earth creationism is basically the same thing as Young Earth creationism except for the timing. So in other words, Old Earth creationists believe that God did, incre- did indeed create everything out of nothing at the beginning of time. That Adam and Eve were the first human beings and that Eve was created from Adam and all of, dis- all of humanity is descended from them. Just like the Young Earth creationists do. But contrary to the young earthers, old earthers believe the beginning of time was several billion years ago. They do not believe that the six days of creation in Genesis 1 are six actual 24-hour days. They have no problem with the current science that says the universe is 13 billion years old and that the earth is 4 or 5 billion years old. The old earth interpretation of the creation accounts in Genesis chapters 1 and 2 takes the view, you know, I I was talking earlier, the problem the young earth creationists have with Genesis 1 and 2 is that there are different creation accounts. There's a different order of creation in Genesis 1 in that account than there is in the account in Genesis 2. In Genesis 1, it was the um, uh, grass and trees, then the animals, then Adam and Eve. In Genesis 2, it was Adam, then the vegetation, then the animals, then Eve. So there was a a different order, and that presents a problem for young earth creationists. If you're taking it just as what the words on the page say. Old earth creationists, they take those, those two different creation accounts, and they basically take the view that the author was not trying to give us a linear timeline for creation or a scientific treatise on the mechanisms of creation. He's simply telling the story in the best way that he knows how, given his level of knowledge at the time. He's, and basically he's not trying to, again, give us a, a, a timeline, a linear timeline or, or a scientific uh, treatise. He's just simply giving us the truths as he can best explain them in order to convey those nine truths of creation that I talked about. That God created everything out of nothing, special creation of man, Eve created from Adam, and and so forth. That the church teaches, those nine items that the church teaches Catholics have to believe in regard to Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3. So basically this person who wrote Genesis is simply saying in both creation accounts that man is the ultimate creation of God, that man is the pinnacle of creation. So there's no conflict between the two creation accounts because, again, the author's not trying to give us a timeline. He's just trying to convey the truths of creation as the church teaches them, and he's basically saying in both places that man is the ultimate creation of God. The meaning, in other words, that the author was trying to convey went deeper than the mere words on the page. You know, the church teaches that we cannot always take the words on the pages of Scripture just simply at face value, because oftentimes the words convey a much deeper meaning. You know, an author can be using words that might seem to mean one thing, if you take them at face value, just the way they're printed on the page, but he actually means something altogether different. For example, if you were to read a book, in the book it says, it was raining cats and dogs last night. 
How do you interpret that? Well, if you take the words at face value, then you believe some strange meteorological phenomenon was occurring that had dogs and cats falling from the sky like rain. If, however, you understood the idioms of the author's language, which is 21st century American English, then you would know that the author's intended meaning was that it was raining really, really hard. A meaning that is obvious to those of his time, his language, his culture, and so on, but not necessarily obvious to those of another time, another language, another culture. Another example would be if I said I went to a concert last night and there were a million people there, or I went to an Alabama football game and there were a million people there. Would you understand me to be saying that there were exactly one million people at the concert or at the football game? Or would you understand that I was simply saying that the place was packed, standing room only, maybe even some people couldn't get in, that maybe the line was a, a million miles long? You know, I mentioned earlier about the sun. People say the sun, what time did the sun come up this morning? That's an imprecise use of language. That's basically an idiom of language because the sun doesn't come up. The sun doesn't go around the earth. The earth rotates in such a way that various parts of the planet are exposed to the sun at different points in time. So it's not that the sun came up. It's that the earth rotated in such a way that you were finally able to see the sun. So again... Language is used in a way that it doesn't necessarily mean what, if you just take the definition of each word as it appears in this sentence and take the sentence that way, it doesn't necessarily mean that. There's a deeper meaning, a meaning that people of the same time, language, and culture would understand, but people of another time, another language, and another culture may not understand. So think about that. The Bible was written, you know, 2,000 to 4,000 years ago, the New Testament and Old Testament. The Hebrews had idioms of speech. The Jews had idioms of speech. They had little sayings that they would use that they understood, but which would be totally foreign to us today. So that's why we have to go in there and look at these things and do a little bit deeper digging. So, I'm going to get back now to the old earth creationism and the accounts of Genesis 1 and 2, but we need to take another break. So, when we come back to the break, we'll finish up with old earth creationism and get into theistic evolution. You're listening to John Martinoni, and the program is Balaam's Ride, and you're listening on Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio, either on 1480 AM here in the Birmingham area or online at www.queenofheavenradio.com. We appreciate you being with us. And if you want to be a part of the program, call in, let, let me know. Let's talk about what you believe about Genesis and evolution. 205-714-7014 is the number to call. 205-714-7014. Or you can email me, john at biblechristian.com society.com john at bible christian society.com and in the in the uh, subject line put balaam's ride or, or radio program or genesis something like that and we'll get to you all right stay tuned uh, we appreciate you being with us hope you'll stay with us uh, and come back after this break the holidays are a joyous time of celebration and giving when four daughters of charity came here to found the first St. Vincent's Hospital, that is just what they had in mind, giving compassionate care and dedicating themselves to a community in need of a hospital. 
Today, 115 years later, that legacy continues. John O'Neill, President and CEO of St. Through innovative technology or our ever-expanding list of services, it's our unwavering mission to care for your family this holiday and throughout the year. At St. Vincent's, our calling is to serve our neighbors by giving them the best possible care and always acting as Jesus teaches with love and compassion each day. Daughter of Charity, Sister Dinah White. As we celebrate the birth of our Savior, let us follow the example of Jesus Christ as we minister to those in need. From our family at St. Vincent's Health System to yours, we wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. This is Father Michael Deering, Spiritual Director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be battling an addiction. Let's pray the Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, football fans. Well, Alabama may have four-leaf clobbered my iris, but listen here. You know, every football season, people ask me the same old question. Coach, what can I do to be a better Catholic? Well, let me tell you something. If there's one thing I learned while coaching Notre Dame to a national championship, it's one thing. Charity. You gotta give of yourself. And one of the ways that you can do this is if you own a car, a boat, or any other vehicle, is to log online to queenofheavenradio.com or call 1-866-628-2277. Again, that's 1-866-628-2277. It's a lot easier than winning a national championship. It's a tax-deductible donation, and it helps keep your Catholic radio station on the air. Notre Dame or a pro nobis. We're here today to ask people about marriage. For starters, what's the best thing about being married? Who I get to stay married to. <laughs> Togetherness. To me, is having a companion. My favorite thing about being married is that I have a partner. Do you think your marriage is good for more than just the two of you? Uh, influence those around us. Yeah, I think. In a positive way? I think so. I would hope that people would see that uh, when we're together that we really have a very true affection for each other. What everybody wants and we know we're lucky to have it. The energy we give out in our home, I think, spreads out to other people. Your marriage just continues to go on and on and on. Oh, sure, and affect generations after us. I think it really sort of stabilizes your whole community. It's the cornerstone of a society, right? Sounds like a good marriage goes a long way. It touches a lot of people. Want to improve your marriage? For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church.
And now, WQOH 1480 AM presents Walken Talkin' the Bible with actor Christopher Walken. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Now, the earth was a formless void. There was darkness over the deep with divine wind sweeping over the waters. God said, let there be light. Bam, wow, there was light. God saw that it was good, and God divided light from the darkness. God called light day, and darkness he called night. Evening and morning came, the first day. Wow, so much accomplished in so little time. This has been Walkin' Talkin' the Bible. Tune in daily to listen to WQOH 1480 AM. All right, Christopher Walken, Walken Talkin' the Bible, reading from Genesis chapter 1, which fits in perfectly with uh, the topic of today, Genesis, Genesis and Evolution, What Do Catholics Believe? And before we get back to uh, old earth creationism and on into uh, theistic evolution, we've got a caller. Ed, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Ed, what's your question or comment? Okay, um, well... One observation I have about, about theistic evolutionists, and I have a problem with this, uh, they seem to want to make normal uh, to creation, death, and mutations. In other words, they, I've even had them claim that Adam and Eve, whoever they stand for, were not created immortal. And that's a big problem for me. Well, and that would be a big problem for me as well, and that's a big problem for any Catholic theistic evolutionist who would believe that because the Catholic Church definitely teaches that Adam and Eve were created in an original state of holiness and that uh, they were essentially immortal until they sinned, that death did not enter the world for them. Uh, and it was spiritual death uh, immediately, but physical death uh, once, once uh, uh, the end of their lives came up. And so uh, that is a big problem for a theistic evolutionists. And let me I'll get to, I'll get into that more. That's an excellent question, Ed. Can I, can I, can I make <clears throat> yeah, one go, go ahead. Go ahead. One other, one other quick problem is uh, because uh, the words of of the names of Hebrew have meaning, they they tend to these, the theistic evolutionists tend to take the genealogies out of the realm of history. And that also poses a problem considering one of the genealogies of Jesus in the Gospels takes the genealogy back to Adam. Right. I have a, I have a problem with that as well. And But I do have problems with the young earth creationism. I think you alluded to one of them. I don't know how you can have a solar day before you had the sun created, for example, from Genesis 1. And uh, I don't know that either account was intended to be a chronological timeline. So I've got questions. But but I do think that there is a problem on some of the genealogical genealogical dating methods that are are built on assumptions that are not observable. They do you just have to accept them, and that's the that the decay rate is the same over time. It actually could speed up or slow down, so the Earth could be much older than they think or much younger than they think. How young it is, but I don't think even their genealogies were intended for a chronological time frame either, frankly. Well, and that, that's the thing that a lot of the people will, uh, will say that, well, these genealogies, and some of them, there are people that are missing that you find elsewhere that, well, they, so, and for example, when you read the genealogies in, in the New Testament, 
in uh, I think it's Matthew where it's the genealogies. Well, that's fourteen generations. That's fourteen. Well, it actually wasn't fourteen generations. So, and that's what one thing I want to get into here is Hebrew numerology uh, and how important it was to the Hebrews, to the Jews, uh, this this numerology and how the numbers in Hebrew were were taking were were they themselves give a message. So, and I appreciate your call, Ed. And if anyone else wants to join in, the number is 205-714-7014. 205-714-7014. And as I was finishing up talking about old earth creationism before the last break, where how you can say something like, oh, I went to a concert and there were a million people there, or the line, there was a long line, they were a it was a million miles long, or it was raining cats and dogs. The words, if you take it at face value, mean one thing, but if you take it as the author intended it, it means something completely different. And that's what we're looking at as, as old earth creationists for scripture, that if you take into account the culture, the time, the idioms of speech and so forth, that the author of Genesis, again, was trying to convey truths, the truths of creation, but not necessarily in a linear timeline or in a uh, in, in a scientific uh, using a scientific methodology uh, so you take that interpretive principle that idioms of speech and that hey sometimes we use language in imprecise ways but the people who live with us speak our same language or in our same culture they understand it you know like the sun coming up this morning the sun going down tonight the sun doesn't come up it doesn't go down uh, so all of these things taken into account, you bring that in as an interpretive principle to the Bible, and you can get a meaning that is perfectly compatible with an old earth. So old earth creationists believe that the days in Scripture either you know, really have no meaning other than to say, well, it's just some passage of time or, or or something like that. But some old earth creationists will say, well, each day represents a period of time, not necessarily a precise period of time. But uh, scripture says a day is as a thousand years to God, a thousand years as a day. Well, you could also say a million years is to God as a day and a day is a million years or a billion years because God lives in one day, one day. He lives in the same day forever. God is eternal. He encompasses all of time, past, present, and future. So God lives in one day. So each of these days could merely represent some period of time. They could merely represent the passage of time. Uh, so not necessarily that it was 24-hour days that were being represented here. And because of the problems we mentioned earlier, and as, as Ed mentioned, um, you know, how do you have a, a solar day? How do you have evening and morning without the sun for three days? So many old earthers simply believe each day represents uh, the author showing that there was some passage of time, although not necessarily in a linear order. And, and others say, well, he wasn't really trying to tell us anything at all about the order or timing of creation. Because if you look, for example, at the first three days of Genesis – in relation to the second three days of Genesis 1, you have a connection. You have the light and the dark on the first day, then the sun and the moon on the fourth. The second day, you have land and vegetation. On the fifth day, you have the rulers of the land and vegetation, the birds and the fishes. I, I'm, I'm sorry, 
Uh, second day, you have the, the, the sky and the sea. Second day, you have sky and sea. Th- fifth day, you have birds and fishes, the rulers of the sky and the sea. Third day, you have the land and vegetation. And then on the sixth day, you have the animals, the creepy crawly things, the cattle and so forth, the rulers of the land. So the first three days correspond to the second three days. And so you've got two sets of three. Well, what does three mean in Hebrew? It means connection. It also means holiness. So was the author here simply trying to tell us that all of creation is connected and that all of creation is holy and set apart for God? Also on the seventh day, God rests. But this seventh day is also part of the literary construct because the number seven in Hebrew means completeness or perfection. So God created the universe, the earth, the animals, and man, and God's creation was complete. Plus, in biblical times, to enter into a covenant with someone, what did you do? You swore an oath. Well, the word for swearing an oath in Hebrew literally means to seven oneself. And people think it had a had to do with maybe offering seven sacrifices as part of an oath or something like that. But to swear an oath or to enter into a covenant was to seven oneself. So is the seven days of creation simply a literary construct that shows that God was entering into a covenant with his creation? Maybe so. So again, common to both points of view, young earth, old earth creationism, is the belief that God created everything out of nothing through a special act, created Adam, you know, in a special way, uh, created Eve from Adam, and that all of humanity is descended from this common pair of ancestors, Adam and Eve, where they disagree, old earth and young earth, is on the timing of it. And old earth creationism is also a position that Catholics are allowed by the church to hold. So young earth creationism is allowed by the church. Old earth creationism is allowed by the church. And after this break, we're going to talk about theistic evolution. So stay with us. You're listening to John Martinoni, and the program is Balaam's Ride, the Edge of Catholic Radio, on Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio, 1480 AM, and queenofheavenradio.com on the Internet. We'll be right back after this. This is Father Michael Deering, spiritual director to Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio. Let's take a moment to pray for those who may be suffering hardship in the current economy. Let's pray the Our Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you know that the license tag on your car could save a life? 
Purchase a Choose Life tag for your car and help a local crisis pregnancy center in your county. By purchasing a Choose Life tag, you not only will have a rolling billboard on your car that promotes life, but 100% of the funds help your local pregnancy center provide free services to those women facing a crisis pregnancy. So get your Choose Life license tag and join thousands of others who are promoting life in our state. For more information, go to ChooseLifeAlabama.org. And thank you for choosing life. Hi, folks. Patrick Crabtree here with Crabtree Computer Services in Vestavia. By now, you know that we at Crabtree can handle any of your computer and technology needs for a low cost with fast and friendly service. But instead of listening to me, why don't you hear it from our customers? My name's John Herod, and I've been a very satisfied customer with Crabtree for the past three years. I have their Forget About It plan for my home PC, where for one low monthly fee, Crabtree monitors my PC for remote and keeps it updated and running really fast. And whenever I have any problem at all, and I've had my share, I call them, and they come in from remote and fix it right then and there. If they can't fix it from remote, they come on site and fix it for free. Crabtree does a great job. So give Crabtree Computer Services a call for your next computer or technology need at 205-824-7722. That's 205-824-7722. Or come see us on Highway 31 in Vestavia, just across from Mark's Outdoor Sports. We guarantee our work, and we guarantee your satisfaction. Frankie's Market Cafe, 4257 Highway 52 in Helena, your home for home-cooked meats and signature veggies. Fresh fried catfish, beef tips over rice, squash casserole, and fried green tomatoes, just to name a few. Also featuring deli sandwiches, catering, southern fried pies made daily, private label jams and jellies, and local honey. Also a fresh produce department from local growers. Frankie's Market Cafe, 4257 Highway 52, Helena. Funding for Queen of Heaven Radio is brought to you in part by our loyal listeners and by Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics. Located at 415 West Oxmoor Road, their phone number is 942-2270. Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics are committed to providing high-quality orthodontic care in a unique setting that is fun, warm, and comfortable. Oxmoor Valley Orthodontics, 415 West Oxmoor Road, 942-2270. All right, welcome back to Balaam's Ride. This is John Martinoni. We're talking about Genesis and evolution. What do Catholics believe? And we've gotten up to theistic evolution. We only have a few minutes left, so I'm going to go through this in a hurry. Maybe we'll we'll do another program on this uh, in the not-too-distant future. Theistic evolution basically are those folks who believe in evolution, that life evolved from lower forms to higher forms, macroevolution, or, or what I would call interspecies evolution, Uh, developing from one type of species to an entirely different type of species after God's creation of the earth and the heavens out of nothing, as it says in Genesis 1. But at some point, they believe God stepped in with us. They have to believe God stepped in with a special creation of Adam and Eve, which uh, was essentially an ensoulment, if you will, of pre-existing human-like creatures. So God used the the process of evolution to get us to the point where he finally stepped in and put a human soul in two human-like creatures. Now, whether this was at their conception or at their birth or or sometime after their birth, I don't know. I've read different opinions on that. However, it must be noted that theistic evolutionists do not believe that all of creation came to be simply as the result of chance without any purpose whatsoever, as do atheistic evolutionist. 
Uh, they believe that God is involved in the process. So theistic evolutionists, unlike the young Earth and old Earthers, uh, accept the science of evolutionary theory, and which makes them a little bit more accepted by our culture, the prevailing culture. But theistic evolutionists have fewer problems with the scientific community. They, they do nevertheless still have some problems with the Bible and with church teaching. First of all, uh, as mentioned towards the beginning of the show, the, the church teaches that Eve was created in some way, shape, or form from Adam. Exactly how this was done, we do not know. Was it a rib again, or, or, or the rib merely a metaphor for whatever the process was? We don't know for sure, but we know the church teaches Eve came from Adam. Evolutionary theory cannot account for that. Furthermore, as also previously stated, the church teaches Adam and Eve were created in an original state of justice and holiness. They would not suffer or die as long as they, the catechism says, quote, remained in the divine intimacy, unquote. How does that fit with evolutionary theory? It doesn't. Immortality cannot be attributed to merely natural processes. Theistic evolution is, however, also a position the church allows Catholics to believe in. Although, again, with the qualifications that they have to somehow integrate those nine teachings of the church, particularly the, 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 and the two problem ones are basically that Eve was formed from Adam and that uh, um, Adam and Eve were formed in an original state of immortality. So they have to be able – they have to have exceptions for those things. Uh, so they also have to kind of have an exception for the fact that all of humankind descended from this original pair of human beings. Now, that's not as big an exception as it used to be because science, folks, is moving closer and closer to the teaching of Genesis. You know, 20, 30 years ago, I guess it was, geneticists started saying, well, well, the, the thought was that mankind developed in an evolutionary way from several different lines of pre-human creatures and developed in different parts of the world. Well, now in the last half of the 20th century and the first half of our century, scientists are saying, no, it looks like all of mankind came from uh, these pre-human creatures in, in basically Central Africa and that from there they spread out everywhere. So the thought is that there was fewer and fewer pre-human ancestors of man than originally thought, I said 30, 40, 50 years ago. But lately, through the work of geneticists, we're finding that there is this one man, Y-chromosome Adam, he's called, from which all of mankind is descended. And that there's this one woman, mitochondrial Eve, as she's being called, from which all of mankind descended. Now, the thought is that these two did not live at the same time. In fact, uh, it was thought, I've read studies where it's thought Adam, the, the uh, um, Y chromosome Adam lived 80, 90,000 years before mitochondrial Eve. And I've seen some studies that show mitochondrial Eve lived 70, 80,000 years before Y chromosome Adam. So, yes, they were Adam and Eve, but they didn't live together, so it wasn't from this pair that all of humanity descended. They weren't the original pair. But now, just a couple studies have come out this summer, 2013, that say there was actually an overlap, a period of time 
where it looks like Adam, mitochondrial Eve and Y-chromosome Adam could indeed have lived together. Because again, geneticists, even though it's uh, more science than what we've had in the past, where there's a lot of guesswork, paleontology and archaeology, all that, it's a lot of guesswork in those fields. Even you take the evidence you have, as meager as it might be, and you, you formulate hypotheses from that. But genetics is a little more, little less on the uh, guess side, guessing side than these other disciplines. But there's still a lot of assumptions that need to be made in genetics for studies like this. So, but the 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 end end line is, or the end result is that because of genetics, the teaching of science is moving closer and closer to the fact that there was this one man from whom all creation descended, all humankind, and there was this one woman from whom all mankind descended. Now, science right now doesn't necessarily believe they lived together and that they were the original pair, but it's amazing how this book written 4,000 years ago, Genesis, is uh, so close to what science is now discovering. And same with the beginning of the universe. Science entering into the 19th century and into the 20th century, early 20th century, believed there was, that the universe was infinite. No beginning, no end. Well, with the advent of these big telescopes and then the Hubble telescope and so forth, science now believes that, yes, the universe had a beginning. You've heard of the Big Bang Theory, right? And that the universe will have an end. Again, amazing how this book written 4,000 years ago, Genesis, got it so right that the science is just now discovering that, hey, there will be – there was a beginning. There will be an end. Well, hey, we've known that as Christians for 2,000 years and the Jews a couple thousand years before that. So science is moving closer and closer to what the Catholic Church teaches, to what Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3 teach. And I just find that fascinating. So again, to wrap up real quick, Catholics can believe in old earth creationism and young earth creationism. The, the earth is six or 7,000 years old. The church allows that. The earth is four or five billion years old. The church allows that. Catholics can believe in theistic evolution. They don't have to believe in evolution. They don't have to not believe in evolution. It's, it's a matter of science, not a matter of theology. So just keep all of that in mind. We'll get into this probably again in a future time, but keep listening. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking about Centering Prayer. Our guest will be Dan Burke of the National Catholic Register. Centering Prayer, good, bad, indifferent. You're listening to Balaam's Ride on Queen of Heaven Catholic Radio, queenofheavenradio.com, 1480 AM.